I'm Melissa. I'm Jam. And I'm a chemist. And I'm not. And welcome to Chemistry for Your Life. The podcast helps you understand the chemistry of your everyday life. Bonus edition. <laughs> why does that always make me laugh? I don't know. <laughs> because it's dumb. That's why. <laughs> Maybe so. You feel sorry for me. Well, You're like, I'll just laugh because he just keeps doing, doing the same dumb stuff over and over. And someone's No, I laugh. really think it's funny. So I guess maybe that's probably good why we're friends and co-hosts is because I really think all your dumb stuff is funny and I'm always surprised or tickled. <laughs> okay, good. Well, I, before we talk about anything else, I want to say one thing. Okay. Nicole P. was the person who messaged us and asked about acetone and she followed up and reminded me that she was the one who did that. And she had another suggestion for making chemistry tutorial videos on YouTube, which would be really fun. And oh, I would yeah. love to do that. So, so, so she's the one, because in the episode, the nail polish one, you talked about how the real reason that question came up was someone asked about remover, acetone mm-hmm. that removes, and mm-hmm. we could not find who it was in our DMs. No. And it was Nicole P. It was Nicole P. So way to go, Nicole P., I'm so sorry that I didn't write it down. I really need to be better about when I read an idea, writing it down with the name mm-hmm. immediately. So that's some area I can grow in. So thanks for being patient. And thanks for that question because it was a really good one. And a lot of people have told me they're excited about that episode. So mm-hmm. good mm-hmm. job. That is awesome. So I wanted to say that. I wanted to say her name and thank her for that idea before we moved on to talking about the next thing that I'm really excited about, which is our new merch. Oh yeah. <laughs> so our merch is out, has been out for basically a full two weeks on mm-hmm. our little merch store and it's merch time guys. Then And you have one week left. So a lot of you are maybe celebrating Thanksgiving and then it'll be holiday season so you, there's just a few days after Thanksgiving for you to get your merch, which we want you to have it in time for the holidays. We're hoping that by ending the campaign before December, things will ship out in a timely fashion to get to you by your holidays. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think maybe the last time around, people didn't necessarily understand that we have to do these in batches. And so mm-hmm. that's why there's like limited dates and stuff like that. And so... We, we have to select batch lengths, how long, and we actually picked the longest we could um, on mm-hmm. this. And so it's not really just a random day that we pick. We have to kind of do the merchant batches. And so if we could have it go longer and people not miss it, we probably would. But we also want to make sure that people can get it in time for whatever holiday they might be celebrating and it, they don't have to wait forever <laughs> to get it. So. And I'm really excited about this batch because we collaborated with two friends of ours mm-hmm. who listen to the show, both of them very consistently, and they are both artists mm-hmm. and they came up with these beautiful designs. So one is our friend, Joey. Yep. He made the faces mug. Mm-hmm. We call it the chem heads. <laughs> chem heads. Yep. And he just did that for fun, just randomly Mm -hmm. a few months back. And we were both so excited about it that we decided that was going to be in our next merch run. Totally. I think during our previous merch run, he was like, Hey, um, I did this. And it was like just these doodles of our heads. And it was just so perfect. It was, I don't know, like I wouldn't have thought of us having like iconic heads that would be obvious that it's us whenever you (laughs) saw it, like the outline. 
but the way he did it, it just to me was so obvious. Like, oh, clearly that's us. Like, clearly that's Melissa, and that's her hair, and that's her, those are her goggles, and that's me. So those are my glasses. Like, it just kind of seemed so much more, so much cooler than I would have imagined it to be. Yeah, that was so perfect. And the other thing that we have is a chemistry Christmas tree sweatshirt, mm-hmm. and this was my hope and dream that I could have this sweatshirt come to be in real life. And <laughs> you've heard us talk about Thimble and Brush Co. before. The shop owner, Nikki Newell, is an artist and mm-hmm. she designed that sweatshirt and it is everything I hoped it would be. And I can't wait for mine to come and I'm going to wear it every day in December. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's cool. We've known these friends of ours, Nikki and Joey, for a while. And Nikki and I went to school together and met as freshmen. We lived in the same dorm and then we're still... Wow. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? And same, that's crazy. In the same like residence hall building. And so just kind of cool to get to keep up with people like that who are skilled at what they do. And, and then Joey and I lived together for two years. And so we've all kind of, there's a lot of talented people that Melissa and I have the privilege of knowing and it's cool to get to work with them on stuff like this. It really is so cool. And so cool for her to take me briefly explaining something that I had in my mind and making it a reality and it be so perfect beyond what I could have imagined. And I've worked with Nikki multiple times before I've commissioned pieces of artwork from her for my Mm -hmm. family and she's really a skilled artist. So go check out her shop. She also does custom work. And Mm. so she's really great. And a portion of the proceeds from our sales will be going to support her. (laughs) So We just wanted to take an opportunity to talk about how excited we were about that and how thankful we are to get to collaborate with these artists and to explain some of the history from those new pieces of merch and where they came from. So we wanted to start the show off with that. And Mm -hmm. now let's get to some questions. Let's do it. Okay. So question number one, are you ready? I'm ready. For a million dollars. I am ready for a million dollars if someone wants to give me that that would be great (laughs) this question is from our frequent questioner Stephen h and he asks can equilibrium occur in any state of matter i can understand it in liquids and gases but the fact that solids which i assume enamel is i guess this is back from our teeth one toothpaste yeah yeah Mm -hmm. can have so which i assume enamel is can have constantly changing molecules is blowing my mind a bit. So I think this is a good question because equilibrium is part of a reaction. So a reaction needs to be taking place. And I think that's what's happening here is it's, it's going from the solid to a different state and then coming back. Mm -hmm. So that is possible. I think if you just have, this is me talking off the top of my head. I don't do a ton of work in general chemistry anymore. So I, probably could check back on my general chemistry textbooks to confirm, but if you have a pure substance, I don't think it would be in equilibrium because it's not reacting with anything. So oh, pure solid it. shouldn't be in equilibrium, but molecules are always moving. Even mm-hmm. solids, they have a restricted, a restricted range of motion if they're in the solid crystalline state, mm-hmm. but they can still move, wiggle, vibrate, mm-hmm. maybe rotate a little bit. So that is something to be thinking about. Molecules can still be moving even in the solid state. It maybe is just imperceptible to us. Got it. Got it. Okay, cool. That is interesting. Okay, so um, 
Next question is from Jan H. If there's a future to recycling plastics effectively, why isn't it used more or on a larger scale? Okay, this is a great question, Jan to Jan H. Thank you. I think that this problem is due to a lot of things. I think it's primarily money. Mm. So there's not a lot of incentive for people to change because it's cheap to make plastics and it's easy and it's convenient. So Mm -hmm. socially it's easier. You know, if you're a person buying something and you know, you can buy this and throw it away, that's easier, Mm -hmm. but also it's more expensive to buy things that are going to be recyclable or you know, we say virgin plastics that have never been used and recycled before are cheaper to make. Mm -hmm. So I think the primary thing is economic incentive. There's not a lot of it, but I think this question was answered really well in a quote from chemistry and engineering news magazine. And we reference this quote in one of our plastic episodes. So I just took this directly from that magazine and it says the world's mounting plastic trash crisis is hard to solve because it has many dimensions, social, technical, and economic. But because chemistry brought the problem into the world, it doesn't seem unreasonable to look to chemistry for a solution. And that is what I think is a great summation, Mm. is it's hard to solve. There's a lot of things we have to get people to care. We have to get the technology in place. We have to have the finances to make it reasonable. But we do have the capability of solving that problem through chemistry and other means. Hmm. So I think that's kind of an answer to that question. It's a really good one. Yeah, really. And it's one of those, I think that a lot of us, like I've slowly through the episodes, we talked through plastic stuff and then through some of my own, just trying to figure out ways to make good choices. It's an easily understandable, frustrating thing to realize that there might be some, new ideas and techniques but until Mm -hmm. it's really economically um, viable and makes sense for companies to do that instead of making new plastics Mm -hmm. there's just not a lot of reason for them to want to do that right it's just kind of disheartening as a regular consumer to to realize that so i i definitely sympathize with you with you jan it's like dang it dude it's kind of dumb. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It does feel kind of dumb, but it's just hard. You know, even since we've done those, I've been a lot more aware of the plastic I'm using and it does feel almost impossible. It's just everywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. even fleece is made out of plastic and can create microplastic that can end up in the stomachs of sea animals and stuff. So it really is mm-hmm. quite a overwhelming problem. Mm-hmm. This next question is actually a mini lesson that we received from Dr. Moon about why leaves fall off of the the tree. So Melissa, could you share that with us? Yes. So I had said, I'm not sure why photosynthesis changes or why the tree decides or when the tree decides to drop leaves off. And Dr. Moon, who I can't remember exactly, but has a degree in a PhD in a field of biology and who now works on homeschool material mm-hmm. so kindly sent us an excerpt from an ebook that I think she created. So I'm going to read directly from that book. I'm going to skip over a few parts, but these are direct quotes from the book. If you want to read more, we'll have a link to her stuff in our show notes. 
and so you can reach out to her. When temperatures are too cold, the rate of photosynthesis is low because the enzymes don't work efficiently. Just like this is my addition, just like all the reactions that we talked about, if the temperature is higher, it has more energy, it's going to be more effective. If the temperature is lower, it's going to be less effective. But actually in this case, now I'm jumping back into her book, when temperatures are too high, the protein enzymes that catalyze the reactions which occur in photosynthesis are damaged. Things change as autumn approaches. When the days shorten, plants have access to fewer hours of sunlight. Temperatures begin to drop. As these changes occur, rates of photosynthesis slows down. Since photosynthesis can't occur at the low temperatures and light levels present during winter, plants take steps to avoid spending resources such as water and nutrients and energy to keep the leaves alive. Because the chief purpose of the leaves is to create food, and these conditions that exist during the winter aren't conducive for photosynthesis to, photosynthesis to occur, it doesn't make sense for the plant to expend energy to keep leaves alive during the winter. During autumn, many plants and trees conserve energy by letting their leaves die. So that explains why and when the leaves decide. Basically, they don't have the resources to keep undergoing photosynthesis. Mm. Those rates slow down and then it basically costs more energy than it's worth to keep the leaves alive. So they just alive. So they just let the leaves die. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's cool. I definitely talked about this a little bit in the episode, but I always thought it was, and it happens to the plants. It's kind of interesting to think about it being a pretty conscious, like energy saving choice that they do on purpose. That's not accidental, I guess, if that makes sense. Right. Definitely. And thanks, Dr. Moon, for sending that in because that is one of those examples of I'm a chemistry person, not a biology person. So that, I guess, is a probably pretty simple biology concept, but I just don't have it off the tip of my brain and I don't want to misspeak. So having something from a biologist that we can trust and that's trustworthy is really nice. So whenever yeah. I say those things like, if you're an expert in this, reach out. I really want you to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. Very, very cool. Okay, so this next question is from Ebony C. And I'm going to ask you this question, Jam. Okay. She says, I wanted to say I love the intro sound effects and not sure if it's intentionally supposed to sound like it could be chemistry equipment noises or it could be someone making coffee. <laughs> Jam? Um, the, it's meant to be, yeah, chemistry noises. The coffee part is just incidental and I obviously love coffee, but... The sound effects, <laughs> I got them from a library and there's not just chemistry sound effects in a library like that. And so mm-hmm. I had to get really creative with searching for things that might already be in a sound effects library that are normal things. When you combine them, then if you combine enough of them and you know that this thing is about chemistry, will sound chemistry E. And mm-hmm. I also kind of chose the the tone of the synth at the beginning to sound a little bit like glass or round a little bit. The boom, 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 boom. I just felt like that sounded a little bit chemistry combined with like rolling glass. I think that that is just a side effect of a bottle rolling across the table. And yes. then the bubbling mm-hmm. is just bubbling of some liquid. And then I can't remember what other side effects I added in there. I should know that off the top of my head but like i added like a staticky sound because this is like mm-hmm. an audio you know format and thought that could be sound a little bit like some instrument that's trying to measure something 
So. Well, what's amazing to me is you did those signs without sounds without spending a lot of time in a chemistry lab. And that noise, that buzzing sort of sound is exactly what our oven sounded like that we used to bake, bake glassware to make sure it was completely dry. Oh. And the rolling bottle noise sounds exactly like a stir bar. If you, we have these magnetic stir bars that we put on glass mm-hmm. and they roll around on the glass and make that same noise uh-huh. as that. And so, and there's one, I think maybe a lighting match. It sounds almost exactly like if you have to do a Bunsen burner, which uh-huh. I don't do that a ton in my research lab, but we did in our teaching labs a lot. Uh-huh. It was incredible to me the first time I heard that. And I think um, that really shows that jam is so incredibly talented. I really almost cried because it was so accurate and beautiful and sounded so much like chemistry. <laughs> it was, so we definitely lucked out because I will say that a lot of sound effects libraries are just so limited in trying to pick this exact thing. If you're talking like something more, a higher scale production, you'd honestly would just make those sound effects yourself. You'd pick the items you want to hear and you'd go record them. And we uh, made this before we ever even launched our first episode. So we were like, Right. Just making it for as lo- as cheap as possible. And so getting pre-made sound effects is the best way to do that. And I think the last thing, the little like um, sound at the very end of it, I can't remember exactly what that was, but it is also like a tra- tra- transmission-y kind of sound, like the turning mm-hmm. off of like a radio, yes. something like that. Mm-hmm. And just things like that that I thought maybe this will be chemistry, but I was totally, there's a lot of luck. It wasn't re- all talent. It was a lot of luck because... Melissa had specific things and then she was like, oh, that sounds like this. That sounds like that. Of course, I would have no idea that that could be the case. So we definitely lucked out on that. (laughs) Way to go, Jim. He's really talented. He's being humble. I was so impressed. And I think I gave some feedback like, oh, could you make it sound a little bit like this? I don't know exactly what I want, Mm -hmm. but something. And he just did it. It was amazing. Anyway, so also that's on you, Jim. Good job. I want to throw in one bit of trivia too that I think is kind of fun that, you know, take it or leave it. But the the chords that the synth, the little um, arpeggio is of our intro song is the exact same chords of the very simple piano intro to Podcast for Your Life. The Oh, that's fun. The now on hiatus, indefinite hiatus podcast, my original podcast with my buddy Jason. Um he made and he made that he picked those chords and just made it did a little piano bum 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 and so i just took the same chords because that'd be funny and kind of cool for any podcast that i get to do some of the intro stuff for or whatever to have like a a thread that at least connects it loosely yeah and so it's this, cool. the same chords as the podcast for your life intro but obviously it sounds super different because we added tons of effects and made it uh, synthy arpeggio and stuff but well I love it and every time it comes on I'm really excited so good job <laughs> the next one I'm also gonna ask you so on Halloween my significant other and I we made pumpkins we painted pumpkins that was our Halloween activity and posted a picture of it because Jim and I had talked about our Halloween stuff oh, on yeah. the Instagram and our friend Carol she also has a podcast Carol the English coach she we met her through podcasting friends Mm -hmm. and she reached out and asked if my boyfriend's pumpkin was Appa from the show. Oh yeah. Avatar, the last airbender. Uh 
which he did paint that and I am amazed that he's that skilled because I just really basically good. painted eyes. Yeah, I painted eyes in a mouth and made it a ghost and he killed it. So <laughs> <laughs> um, then she said, asked if it was that and that's what it was. And that show is a kid's show that's actually really kind of cool and fun to watch. And so we're watching it right now. <laughs> but the premise is there are people who are called benders who can bend water or air or land or fire. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And she messaged us and asked what kind of benders we would be. So bending just means you can control it yeah. pretty much. Super good question. And I think what's funny is that Melissa and I are both relatively late um, to Avatar The Last Airbender. I watched it only oh, yeah. about a year and a half ago for the first time. And I'm watching it now for the first yeah. time. <laughs> and I was right in the, I think both of us were probably right in one of the prime age groups to have liked it when it was on air. Um, because a lot of people my age and a little bit older have always loved it. And I'd missed it. We didn't always have TV growing up. And so Melissa and I are both are pretty late to it. So you guys might have found it funny to have Melissa explain it because to us <laughs> it's newish, but we know it's not new. And there's probably a lot of you guys who mm -hmm. have loved that show forever. <laughs> so, And it's on Netflix in, in the United States. It's on Netflix. I know sometimes they have different oh, yeah. Netflix options in Europe. Like you can't watch the Great British Bake Off if you're in Europe yeah. on Netflix, but you can't hear. Yeah. So I've thought a lot about this question, Carol. Thank you for asking it. <laughs> what kind of bender am I? When my roommates and I were watching this back about a year and a half ago, I thought about this a lot. And there's only one answer for me. Only one answer that works. Is that I have to be an airbender. Okay, but why do you have to be an airbender? Because one of the biggest struggles that we, there's only one airbender that we really spend a lot of time with in the show, which is why it's called The Last Airbender, is mm -hmm. Aang. And he struggles a lot with being a peaceful, they don't say the word, but basically he's a pacifist. And yet the conflict that's going on is so big, it requires his intervention but he really doesn't want to kill or hurt anybody if he can help it. And it's a constant struggle for him. And so a lot of the characteristics and moral kind of backbone and concerns that he has are exactly ones that I have also. If I was to have to imagine myself as a bender, I would have the same worry. I, I'm a pacifist, which mm. might be good for you guys to know or whatever. It's don't hold it against me. So that's the only one I could really pick, but it's also so cool. Airbending is so cool. Yeah. And so, it is so cool. I'm glad to have a really good reason to have to pick that one because I think it's way cool. <laughs> My significant other, Mason, he said he would be an airbender, but always wish he was a firebender. He just knows. <laughs> and my answer was that I would be a waterbender. Mm -hmm. But the, I think that, especially as a chemist, I just know so much about water and the way the molecules work. Mm hmm. The other day on Reddit, I saw a question that asked, how would you modify any type of bending from Avatar? And that's a great question because waterbenders can freeze water and they can move water, but they can't boil water and create steam. I've never seen that in the show, yeah. but they should be able to do that because that is all changing the intermolecular forces between them. Mm. So you can freeze it and move it. Then you should also be able to boil it. So I'm yeah. going to say... I would be a water bender who also could instantly boil the water as uh -huh. well as all the other stuff they can do. Yeah. Dude, great choice. Great choice. 
I think M. Good question, Carol. I think M also picked Waterbender, so you guys would be in the same tribe. Oh, of course we would. That <laughs> does not surprise me at all. <laughs> Carol said she thinks she would be an Airbender. Nice. So that was a really fun question. Thanks, Carol. Nobody wants to be a Firebender except Mason, I guess, because maybe they're mean in the show. But yeah, that's pretty powerful too. It's cool. So. I mean, I think it's interesting because it's inherently destructive. It's hard to do something with fire. And, and not hurt something. You could obviously water bend and air bend and earth bend and not hurt anyone. But if you're right. moving fire around, it's hard for that to not harm someone or something, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Unless you're just using it to heat up food or something. That's true. Actually, that'd be, it'd be good to have a buddy who's a firebender who could cook the food, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay. And the very last thing I want to say, it's not really a question. So I'm just going to read. We got a message on Instagram from a listener from Lithuania. Uh And I asked her to pronounce her name for me because it's not in English. So Mm -hmm. she sent me a voice message and I think I can say it. Her name is Erta. So we received this message from Erta in Lithuania, and she sent me that voicemail to a voice memo to pronounce her name, and she pronounced it so beautifully. So I know I'm not doing it justice, but I just wanted to give her a shout out because it's really fun to hear from people far away. And then also, she said that the episode where we mentioned disulfide bonds in hair helped her answer a question a teacher asked in class once, which I thought was really fun. And she said she listened to it while working in the garden, skating. I wonder if she was ice skating or roller skating. That's fun Mm because I skate too. And so that was just really fun. So I just wanted to give her a shout out and tell her thanks for reaching out and for sharing that story. It made me really excited. Yeah, that is awesome. Very cool. And thanks for helping us learn how to pronounce your name correctly. Yes, thank you so much. So thank you guys so much for sending in those questions. We love it so much. We love hearing from you guys Mm -hmm. and hearing about people being excited about and wondering about and being curious about chemistry is really what keeps us going and being excited about the show. So thank you so much. Yes. Thanks guys. We love getting to do these. And so thanks for sending your questions in and um, don't forget to check out our merch by November Mm -hmm. 30th is the last day to place an order. And if you want a cute, Christmas tree, chemistry, sweatshirt. We can wear them and match. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, guys. This episode of Chemistry for Your Life was created by Melissa Collini and Jam Robinson. We'd like to give a special thanks to E. Robinson, who reviewed this episode.